Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Mr. Davis and I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? I'm doing okay. I uh, I won't talk about it, uh, but I just did a, a really nice thing for charity. But I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about it, Luke. You know, that's well, I mean, one of the things me and John Cena have in common. We do all this great charity work. We never bring it up. Yeah, I mean, and it's fine because I'm going to bring it up. Uh, do you want to talk about the great yeah, charity work Luke, that you did? Luke, don't, don't, don't surprise me like this when we're recording. You I'm better so edit sorry. this out. Oh, I mean, this will all end up on the cutting room floor. Oh. I don't, don't want to, you know, you don't want to give you hubris or anything like that. Toot your own horn, if it were. You're not that sort of guy. So there's a charity. It's all my lady partner's doing, all my partner's doing, uh, really. I, I wouldn't care otherwise. <laughs> but um, there's this thing where you buy presents for kids and you give all these presents to a charity. And the charity, who works with lots of sort of disadvantaged kids, is like, huh, this toy would be best for Timmy, who lives with Kermit the Frog. Let's send it to him, you know, because they know what they mm -hmm. like and whatnot. And uh, we've done it last couple of years. And Anna takes care of, like, what the girls would like. But when they need something for an adolescent boy, they come to this guy. So I, I, I took in a lot because you've only got 10 to 15 pounds to play with. Oh, that I mean, that's not going to give you, like, a year subscription to Razzle, is it? No, or the Wrestle Talk magazine. None no. of our merch is that low. <laughs> the mug um, might be. Yet the mug is uh, the mug's markup is ridiculous. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the what what I went for after researching a lot a Lego mech of Iron Man. So not only do you get an Iron Man minifig, you also get this Lego mech Iron Man that Mini Iron Man sits in. That's cool, man. When I got it, it arrived today, and then we went to drop it off around some lady's house. I didn't want to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to build it. Build it, and then, it. Take, then take it apart and put it back into the box yeah. and, and pretend like it was still new. Oh, I should have done that. Yeah. You could. You probably would have got away with it as well. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, that these kids, they're disadvantaged. They don't know the difference between real quality toys fresh off the shelf and hand-me-downs. Exactly. They don't know that like each individual piece comes in its own plastic baggie. I, that, that's the preserve of us rich folk. I might have... <laughs> What I might, what I should have done, and I'm kicking myself I didn't do it now, is just kept what was inside for myself, built it, took it apart, build it again, and then just put something like a turnip in there. Mm, yeah, well, and then you're actually giving the child a vegetable, and what you're telling them is that this vegetable is as cool as Lego is. So yeah. it's and a lesson for them. They probably don't have a good diet either, so it works out. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, next year, it's a good lesson for next year. Mm. I uh, I bought my wife some Lego last year. Um, I've, I've done it for the last couple of years, bought her a little bits of Lego for Christmas because I'm like, I'm sure you'll enjoy Lego. Everyone enjoys <laughs> And she does enjoy it to a degree, but I bought her a, a thing to last year. To a degree. So I bought her a piece last year that is to like build like a little Olaf thing, you know, from Frozen. She loves Frozen, right? So I'm like, yeah, so this is cool. Build a little Olaf. Um, she hasn't built it. And mm. we're, we're obviously doing a lot of packing at the moment. And I, I found it still in its box. Oh. And, uh, and, my, and my wife said, oh, I may build that this weekend. And, and she still hasn't. But all I'm thinking is, maybe I'll build it. Mm. Maybe. Maybe I'll do it. You got to wait till after the twenty fifth. It's very similar to the money in the bank cash in rules. <laughs> he doesn't build it in a year period. That's yours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's actually pretty fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like she she bought me Lego a couple of years ago. I built it on the day because they sat down to watch Call the Midwife or something, and I was like, "This is bollocks, mate. I'm going to build some Lego." Do you know why you did that? Because you are a polite adult member of society, and 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 your wife was being rude. I mean, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think so. It's much more. It's much more sociable to sit down in the corner and play with your toys that you were just given. Exactly, and all the while making a little room, 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 room because I got some cars with it, right? And uh, I was going to say not... for Olaf. It's <laughs> the noise that Olaf makes, isn't it? You love Frozen too. I'm pretty sure he does that at the film at some point. He's a he's a bit of a drip in Frozen too. Uh, 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 uh. Um, yeah, I um, so I, maybe I'll do that this year because I'm at my in-laws again this year. But uh, usually, like now, because I haven't got Lego in a couple of years, when it does come to things like Call the Midwife or do you remember that they, they did like a, a a murder mystery or something? It was like Death Comes to Pembley or like it was like set in the world of Pride and Prejudice or some nonsense. Uh, I, I quite wittingly uh, called it Death Comes to Television because it was dreadfully boring. <laughs> I now just sleep. I now just like get curled up, that are, you know, put my, my head onto my wife's lap and just have a little nap. Is that kind of like a, its own social statement of rudeness? <laughs> like when a, when a kid is annoyed at an adult party and wants to go home. I, was, I did this many a time. <laughs> where I would put two chairs together and fall asleep in the middle of the room <laughs> to let everyone know I wanted to go home now. <laughs> I didn't do it as a statement. I didn't mean to fall asleep in all fairness. <laughs> I just I just got comfy and then fell asleep. And then you but you suddenly woke up when they changed the channel. Oh thank god that crap's over. <laughs> Oh, has the show finished, has it? Oh. <laughs> Are we putting Would I Lie to You on the Christmas special or that Lee Mac? 
anyway, let's get on with the show. Uh, that's enough of that nonsense. Um, what we're we talking about? Oh yeah, uh, an AEW star got injured. I've had another one. Here is the show. get into the news that one of the matches last night which was lance archer and the lucha bros tagging against the family of eddie kingston butcher and blade was all a ruse a pro wrestling work luke it was indeed yeah this is according to bodyslam.net uh pentagon recently picked up a leg injury during training and this angle here at the start of the match where uh, the the butcher put him through the table during the six-man tag was a way to write him off television while he recovers. Yeah, I thought, which is weird because this match, and we'll talk about the match very briefly because I think it's quite an interesting one to dive into. I think there are a few clues here to where AEW might go in early 2021 with their top title picture. But I just thought it was part of the match, expertly designed to give the baby faces a disadvantage. Pentagon's help to the back early after being put through the table by Butcher, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, it, well, and yeah, yeah, the about. it made like quite a nice babyface comeback story. Lance, to be honest, has been booked to an extent where he could just be there by himself and still win. But no, oh, it was yeah. Ray Phoenix in the end who, who got pinned. But both Lance and Phoenix got got nice little hot tag sequences that this is just it's just another example of how how just adeptly AEW can book like that usually i think back in the territory days we wouldn't be praising them so much for 101 booking but this <laughs> one, the the benchmark has been lowered over the last decade so well done Yes, this is so. Uh, Penta joins uh, the the list of injuries, which I think includes Brody Lee and Chris Statlander at the mm-hmm. moment. That's why Brody's not been on TV for a while. Obviously, you know, wishing the speediest of recoveries to to Pentagon because we bloody love him on this show. It should have been Pentagon, um, but yeah, it's it, it sucks. Like because he's involved in this huge story with the family and Kingston, the return of Pack and everything. It's come at a really horrible time for for, for Penta. And I wonder if this is going to derail that story somewhat, or as you say, if they're going to adapt and work around the fact that you haven't got one of the key components of this tale. Well, so as Andy Datson expertly points out in the WrestleTalk.com article, uh, having this news in, WrestleTalk.com, by the way, what a website! Everyone should Pretty go good. make it their homepage. Andy says here, because uh, he wrote this article. Where it? Where is it? Uh, yeah, Penta recently injured his leg during training. Put him off. Putting him through a table was done to write him off TV for a few weeks while he recovers. I often find putting myself through a table aggravates my injuries, but then I'm not a lucha bro, so it can't <laughs> be. It can't be like a super serious injury, right? Because if no. it was, they would have just done the standard backstage beatdown. No one actually sees it. They just discover Pentagon laid out. And it's presumably yeah. Matt Hardy or Sammy Guevara. That's where it usually ends up. But here, because they quite a dangerous spot, putting someone through a table, he got a little bit physical. Then that that makes me hope that this isn't too serious. He'll be back after Christmas, and he can be the apple of my eye again. 
Well, I am on that wavelength as well, uh, because I so I didn't know this was a legit injury while I watched the show. I only found out after the show had finished. And I was grabbing the news stories for you this morning uh, and I was like, oh, wow, that was a, a real injury. That's why it would end up being this handicap match. So then when I've gone back and rewatched it to grab the image for the thumbnail on today's podcast, like he's just walking around like you wouldn't <laughs> know. He's just walking around. He's having a scrap with the butcher. He's doing this. He's doing that. And then he goes through the table. So it's not like they just did it right away. Or as you say, you know, like he's already just laid out backstage. He was doing things and walking on this leg injury. So it can't be that bad. So that, so that is, I would say, a positive sign that he's not going to be out for too long. I guess my, my slight criticism here, and this is hypercritical, uh, but it would be good to have a sort of damage ranking for for some of these AEW wrestlers and all wrestlers, actually, because I've seen Pentagon stand up after like, I don't know, one winged, not one winged angels, but just hideous moves on the ring apron mm-hmm. or that whole feud he had with Sammy Callahan and Impact. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. But this table, oh. well, he's in him out of there. Yeah, but it's different, though, isn't it? Because it's not like, you know, being battered by Sammy Callahan with various bits of plunder. This is the butcher. This mm. is, he's a big old burly boy. He put him through a table. If this had been Blade, if this had been Blade doing it, well, you'd just walk it off. You'd kick back butcher, up. Kick back. Absolutely, you would do. Tell him to do it again. <laughs> but with the butcher, get another table. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I, I was, I was going to say of this, yeah, obviously, we hope Pentagon's back very shortly it seems like he will be but this match in general i felt was positioning lance archer as a baby face and then i thought well you know that this was sort of clear a few weeks ago when lance archer came down to the, to the save of pack and phoenix and pentagon and you're like well why did he do that why are they moving him into this baby face role he was doing very fine as a heel He's been a heel since he debuted back in June for the TNT title picture. Kind of too early for AEW standards to start switching people up like that. And then I think maybe it's to go against the heel champion, Kenny Omega. Yeah, I mean, he did cut that promo at full gear that he is still targeting the the AEW champion. So he does have his sights set on that at some point. He's just got this business with Eddie Kingston that he wants to deal with first. Um, because Butcher Blade and um, and Kingston picked up picked up the win here by pinning Phoenix. Finish felt like it came out of nowhere a little bit. Mm. And I, I felt like they ended the match a bit early because Phoenix took a spill to the outside. He did this dive onto Kingston where... Kingston sort of caught him, but sort of didn't. And like Phoenix, just his head hit so hard on the mat and the referee dived out to do it. And he had the hand on the back of his head. So it felt like they, they rushed to the finish a little bit, but it also, I felt like they were always booked to win anyway, because yeah. you are building this Archer Kingston feud while at the same time, building this Kingston pack feud, uh, sort of in the background, right? You're doing two of these at the same time, but yeah, perhaps once Archer is finished with Kingston, because we don't have a contender for Omega yet. So, you know, do you do Archer Omega at Revolution, like as his first big world title program? I think a lot sooner than that. Um, because we have had our next Dynamite TV special announced. Uh, I don't know what they're doing with the boat stuff. I don't know if we're still having Bash at the Beach, their version of Bash at the Beach, in late January. But that's typically where it was. And, of course, Revolution is at the end of February. But they announced on this very show, we've got a two-week New Year's New Year's smash 
on January 1st and January 7th, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe it's the main event of the second week. Yeah, I mean, I think that could probably be about right. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. I mean, you want to do something fairly big because NXT have got a big show on that week as well. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you've got like a, a, you know, Kenny Omega's first world title defense and it's against someone like a Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think that would really work, actually, as a way to try and hopefully bring people in. Yeah. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Amorons. Uh, let's see what you guys thought on the su 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 super chats. Uh, we haven't had any on the Pentagon injury because, you know, what is there to say? The guy's injured. But on the show in general, uh, we've got Peter Mullins talking about Sting, listening to Sean Ross Sapp earlier. Apparently Sting owns the rights to all of his gimmick, logos, names, etc. Reckon this could be time for AEW to bring out a Legends line of action figures, figures merch with Sting, Arn, Tully, Jake, 
Taz. <gasps> Again, so many options with AEW. Well, the, the people that they are doing their figures with used to do the WWE Legends action figure line. And like I, when I was a student, so this is, you know, 15 years ago now, I didn't buy any of the current WWE product because their roster was, in my humble opinion, <laughs> I know there's a lot of stands for this era, terrible. And I, and I did not like the product whatsoever, but their Legends line was wonderful. So, so the Diamond Dallas Page figure was great. I had a Sabu figure that was amazing. They're actually all at the studio now. Uh, a Mr. Perfect figure that was really like so lovely and like well detailed. So yeah, I I would love uh, a line of AEW legends. I mean, you know, you, you would call them because they're not AEW legends, but they are like legends of wrestling. You would call them not heroes of wrestling. Let's not bring that back up again. Uh, Karim Hanafi Sting chanting "This is awesome" was pretty cringe, to be honest. The rest was great. I, I mean, Karim, you can have that opinion all you want, but I thought that uh, whole segment was flawless and I had a massive smile on my face. I agree, Karim. We'll get to that, though. Reese Johnson, <laughs> afternoon, lads. Hope you're both well. With Miro closing out the show on top, destroying everyone, do you think this is the start of his main event scene push or is it just to be forgotten about next week? Hashtag something about everything will be fake door. Uh, hashtag El Fagador's. Uh, uh, he said last week that... I've, you know, there's there's no fake at all. So, we'll certainly see. Uh, I would certainly uh, make sure we're tuning into the podcast next week as we head into TLC. Um, I, okay, so I I don't think this is the start of a Miro main event push because Miro was attacking Orange Cassidy. It was just furthering the Orange Cassidy best friends feud, and they just happened to be the main event of this show. So. This isn't like Miro's not going to be going after Kenny. Like if Kenny, if he's not going after Kenny Omega next week, I don't want to see people going like, oh, what a three-week push has already been forgotten about. No, this was just furthering a storyline that's already been on TV for the last couple of months. Yeah, AEW are very, very good in making their mid-card storylines feel like main events. That's a yeah. testament to how fleshed out a lot of their characters are in that a Lance Archer or an Eddie Kingston or Pac returning can close shows... And it doesn't feel like a limp ending. So when Miro mm -hmm. ran out and, you know, got everyone else down there, the amount of star power in the ring at the time as well. Uh, yeah, I thought it's a nice way to elevate people occasionally. But yes, and he should, Miro should go back down to the mid card after this. Just hopefully they pull the trigger on whatever storyline they've got, because the best friends feud feels like it's been going on forever. We haven't had a match out of it yet. Yeah. Remarkably, have not had a match out of it yet. And we also have not had that bachelor party yet. It's coming, I'm sure. Um, some some name, some some characters in Kanji and Katakana. I don't know what they say. Uh, who exactly is Cody feuding with? Number one, MJF. Number two, Shaq. Number three, Team Taz. Number four, Sting. Also, when did Archer turn face? Was this ever explained or did he just pull a big show? I think he just pulled a big show. But the answer to your first question is all of them because it's they're just spinning lots of plates. He's just yes. like everyone is involved in multiple feuds at the moment. Yeah, and that's another one of AEW's strengths. I don't I didn't find the, you know, the Archer turn wasn't a wasn't badly done, I don't think. I, I the, the, my problem with the Archer turn is that it's come quite soon into his run. I thought there was a lot of mileage in the monster destroying everyone act. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the idea of it being big show turns seem to be disappointing turns or lackluster turns. So I guess maybe it was, but nowhere near as 
bad as big shows terms. And the thing with big show as well is that you could have got away with a lot of them. The problem is that you do five a year and mm. that's when it becomes a joke. Yeah, it's just where does Lance go from here, I guess? Mm-hmm. He's, he's a baby face for a bit. Then does he is and it, you can make that argument that he's just true to his character of destroying people. It's not like he's doing morally good things. I think him coming out to save Pac and the Lucha Bros was more to attack Eddie than it was to save Pac. So so there's definitely an argument for character consistency there. But yeah, that it does undermine those eventual big turns. But not everyone can have a big turn. Not everyone can pull off a t-shirt to reveal another t-shirt underneath. Is it getting hot in here? <laughs> All right, well, let's review the full... Uh, actually, oh, before we do, our, our board game channel, Phenomenards, which we're very proud of. Luke Scott, when's your Uno video, your evil Uno video going up? Uh, my uh, regular Uno video, my video is Uno actually good is going up today. It's going up tonight. In fact, our editor is working on the final edits of it as we currently speak. Um, it's it's half an hour long. There's a lot of chat about the history of Uno, how Uno plays, how people may overlook Uno as a game, and also features a pretty funny, uh, very enjoyable to record at the, at the very least. So I hope you do enjoy a uh, playthrough of Uno between myself, Adam, Laurie, and Blair, which we did over the PlayStation 4. Um, we did two versions of it, one with the house rules, or one with the official rules, and then one with every single house rule. And the house rule game, no joke, lasted nearly an hour. What? Why is it so... I'll watch the video. Anyway, <laughs> Phenomenards is at 38,000 subscribers right now. Give us a Christmas present, folks. Go over and subscribe or, or share the share the channel around. Let's get us to 40K. Let's get us to 40K for Christmas. Hey, if you're on Reddit, why not share the videos on Reddit? That's Do that thing, as well. Right? Do that, that as well. Before we get into the review, can I also put a call out as well? We are recording our Christmas show this mm. coming Monday. Traditionally, the worst video of the year. So why not make it better? Why not give us a little Christmas present? Send us in your video messages. Uh, say whatever the hell you want, really. Um, if it's good, it'll get featured on the show. Support at WrestleTalk.com. We usually do presents. like People usually send us presents and stuff like that, but... It's not quite as easy this year because we're not all going to be in the studio. We are going to be uh, virtually doing the Christmas special this year. But anyway, still, support at WrestleTalk.com. Send in your video messages for the Christmas show because we want to hear from you. Last week's episode was the greatest episode of wrestling TV I can remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I was actually, I was writing up a list recently of um, uh, every WWE star released in 2020 and where are they now? And by writing that list and I was recording it today, I got to relive the Sting debut last week because he was released from his WWE contract, from his Legends contract and debuted on AEW. And it was, just, and I called it one of my favorite moments of wrestling in 2020. Just just wonderful to have that and the impact bit at the end like honestly i've been waking up almost every day i've woken up this week i've been excited (laughs) i've been excited to read the news to find out what's going on 
with the Impact stuff. I've been excited about AEW more so than usual because it's no secret that I really, really enjoy AEW and I love this promotion and everyone involved with it. Um, so, so yeah, so that was last week. Pretty high benchmark to follow. And they did a solid offering. And I think that's that should be massively applauded. Yeah, it's a solid. Not every episode can be winter is coming. You can't have a, a, a sting debut and a title change on every single episode. Sometimes episodes just have to be solidly average television that further storylines. And that, this episode, for the most part, we'll get to that Kenny Omega segment, for the most part, was accomplished. I, 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 I had a, a solid amount of fun with this episode. The aim for this episode because you, you, you're totally right. You don't want to hotshot. Hotshot booking burns out territories. We've seen it time and time again, and the people who run AEW are smart, and they know that lesson. But you also want to put on a show that's enjoyable enough to keep everyone who has tuned in or joined AEW off of the back of last week's massive amount of intrigue. Everywhere, all across our channel, we saw such a huge uptick of interest. Impact Wrestling we now know, did like 25% more viewers than normal than it does on Access TV. Still not very many compared mm -hmm. to everyone else. But man, if they got that sort of viewership every week, that would be, that'd be a pretty sizable audience there. Well, totally. Like that is, you have got wrestlers on there that have become, you know, they are their draws elsewhere. Granted, but that also means it's it's retaining viewers. The one thing that Impact have struggled with over the years is that they have had things that people have been interested with, but have never been able to retain viewers. Mm. And Broken Hardy is the one that comes to mind because they got a massive bump with the early days of Broken Matt Hardy when he was having those Ultimate Deletion matches. People were tuning in. The problem was the very next week they weren't coming back so you've got to hope that and i thought you know credit to impact they had a really really strong strong show this week really really good solid episode that you hope is going to convince people that hey do you know what next week next tuesday i'm going to watch impact again mm. well let's let's try and rate this episode not rate it but like look at each segment and see how that would have how it would have appealed to new eyes maybe People who weren't wrestling fans before, but tuned in because their mates are talking about it. Ah, give this AEW thing a shot. That's how I first discovered wrestling because my mates were talking about it at school. Didn't have anyone in my family sort of pushing it, pushing it on me. Um, That's how I found TNA. Yeah, or lapsed fans who used mm -hmm. to watch, but have fine. This has finally convinced them to check out AEW. So the opening match was the Young Bucks versus Hybrid Two. I thought that was that was a great opener because. You, you've got the setup in last week's show that people would have seen in that interview segment. And they just they just went out there and killed each other for 10 minutes. Oh, man. I mean, you said this was good. I thought this match was ace. I loved this match. I thought it ruled. I thought the Bucks looked great. I thought Angelico and Jack Evans looked great. I loved this match. It was nonstop action. Like This mm -hmm. was 10 minutes. We're starting at 11. We're not going to slow the pace down whatsoever. Let's just keep going. Yeah, it was it was pay per view caliber action, um, mm. because you like look at listen to some of these spots. Matt Jackson power bombing Jack Evans off the apron into the acclaimed at ringside. That's fair enough. Then you've got a doomsday device on Evans Ooh. on the ramp. God, look brutal. There is no give on that ramp. And then most spectacularly, you know, almost a, a spot I I would have. Hope they'd save for a pay per view. That's my one criticism here that you should occasionally save some stuff. But 
this is the this is the first thing new viewers are going to see after last week's episode. So I'm actually totally fine with it. I think I've argued myself around. I can see both sides of the argument. A Meltzer driver off the top rope to the outside killed poor Jack Evans. Uh, absolutely. Why was Evans it. taking all these moves? <laughs> Well, Angelico was the one taking the pin, I think. Mm -hmm. um, oh, no, I think, yeah, it was the one because he did the BTE trigger. Do you know how, how good I thought this match made uh, TH2 look? Because TH2 are uh, an act that have been with the company since day one, but haven't really found mm. much footing. And they themselves have said, Jack Evans in particular, has said that it's their own fault because they're not good at pitching storylines. They're good at saying, like, oh, I think I should win some matches, but there's, you know, there's no substance to that. Um, that was like, you know, the old Taz story. And I was like, well, I think I should just win. Like that's or else <laughs> JBL's like, how about I just go out there and I was oh, Bob Holly, wasn't it? It's was like, I'll just go out there and I, I'll just win matches and then I put the title on me. Work for John Cena, <laughs> didn't it? Just, um, but this, I genuinely thought they were going to win this match at one point. Mm. I thought they did some really good stuff. I thought Matt tweaking his leg and then Angelico locking in that leg lock. I really thought they were going to pick up the win so you could do the rematch on a, a dynamite in a couple of weeks' time for the titles. Really, really thought they were going to pick up the victory here. Yeah, credit to the Young Bucks for that. I, I totally agree. But yes, the Bucks did get the win in the end. The Acclaimed hopped the ramp to start a scuffle, but SCU ran out to sort of ward off the Acclaimed. So you've got some nice bits building there. Those can spin off, presumably on Dark. I don't know. Uh, also, got a match next week. Cool. I, can't, I, I didn't actually write down what's coming up next week, so probably definitely so. Uh, I also really liked Inset promo right at the start, before the match even begins. The Young Bucks telling Dasher, we haven't spoken to Kenny since last week. So it's just that, yeah. that nice attention to detail, filling in those questions that you as a viewer would already have in your head. And he, was, he wasn't around today to be asked because he arrived via helicopter later. Oh, I'm surprised uh, that wasn't used as a spot in this <laughs> Uh, MJF cuts a really, you know, just a great promo about how he's going to disappoint loads of marks when he beats Orange Cassidy. But if only he knew, well, I think he does, that we love him more. That's his great, that's his great irony. Yeah. MJF is the marks king. <laughs> uh, we got a Darby Allen short film. He's playing uh, Rorschach tests um, and he's, you know, he's seen Team Taz. Uh, he talks about how Brian Cage is going to be the next TNT title contender. And then the last one is Sting's face paint. And he just sniggers. I thought mm. that was very well done. Really, really funny. And it also reminded me of one of my favorite jokes in the world. Uh, <laughs> Rorschach is my favorite comic book character, but I don't know why his mask is a picture of my mum having sex. <laughs> I, I did a similar one in today's news. Yeah, so it, was re it really made me laugh. Well, I came up with that myself. I was like, what do I go for? Parents having sex or father's <laughs> penis? Father's <laughs> penis. Uh, so this goes right into the next segment, which is Cody doing an interview. However, Sting comes out instead. Oh, chills, man. I also hope that Sting is a seasonal wrestler. So it's snow at the moment, but come <laughs> spring, I want flowers and butterflies uh, being like, you know, drop from the ceiling and butterflies sort of fly around him. I like that. Shades and uh, like a, a big <laughs> town and a rubber ring for summer. That's how you bring back Surfer Sting. It's because he's a seasonal guy. Yes, please. Um, but the 
<clears throat> he comes out and Arn Anderson awesomely gets the mic and says, look, I'm going to excuse myself for this. And Tony Schiavone is still in the ring and he says, I I'll hop out too. And Sting here is like, no, you stay here, man. I love you. And he hugs him, gets him to do the call again. And then, the, as, as we heard earlier, Sting led a this is awesome chant for his own call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Arn thing I, I loved even more because mm. Arn had to walk up to him. He had to get closer to prove to himself that this was real. That was a wonderful, wonderful line. Then he excused him. I think the reason why the, the this is awesome thing didn't bother me is that I think this is all part of the story, right? Is that Sting is not taking this. I mean, he's taking it seriously because he loves the world of professional wrestling. But for him at the moment, this is just, I'm back in the wrestling world. I'm back on TNT. Tony Schiavone is calling my matches. Whereas Cody is suddenly there being like, yeah, but why are you here? And Darby sitting up in the rafters being little emo Sting being like, well, I've got the title, mate. But then, you know, things like, well, you know, we'll, we'll get to you eventually. Well, we'll get to you soon. You know, I'll see you around, kid. And I think that's, you know, it's fuel for Cody to be like, why are you here? Let's get serious. Let's find out why the stinger is here. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I'm intrigued. Um, but my initial impression of Sting in this segment, aside from obviously loving him and all the interactions and the Tony stuff, it was one of when Chris Jericho returned with his light-up jacket and mm. how he was almost too babyface. You know, when when I think of this Sting, I think my mind thinks of Hardly Speaks Crow Sting from WCW. So, And he is a good promo. He's a very good promo. He's got such a young voice. <laughs> well, that's because... You know, like a 61-year-old guy. Don't do the smoking, mate. It's always gonna. It's like, like you know, you compare him to Jake Roberts, who's there just going like, oh, "Lantard's just gonna <laughs> kill you, man." But I just, you know, especially when he he gets Tony to do the the call. It's this is awesome. This could totally just be genuine babyface stuff. But for me, when I when I get genuine babyface stuff in 2020, my first thought is, "Well, they're a heel," you know, because it gets oh. almost too much the other way. It's outdated. That's not the. I mean, it could go either way, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, I get you. This this made me think, especially with the neg to Cody at the end. You know, see you around, kiddo. And like, what I'm more excited about? Am I excited about a babyface Sting wrestling, or am I excited about a heel, a new version of Sting, not Crow Sting, not Joker Sting? I hope he's got something new. Well, it's nice to know that I have got Vince Russo as a uh, co-host who is constantly want to make Sting a heel. Sting can't be a heel, man. No one wants to boo him. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> Tweener. Oh, okay. But yeah, he, he it looks like he's building a, a feud with Darby. Yeah, right. The way he looked at Darby and, you know, sort of like pointing him out. God, I love it, man. Because... Mm. You've got you've built two matches out of this already, which is in Derby and in Cody. And I think Sting versus Cody is a really, really interesting match anyway. And like that sounds like the sort of thing that Cody would very much like to do. But Sting versus Derby, man, like that's that's got a lot of interest about it, particularly if it is, you know, over the TNT title is Sting, the former face of TNT going up against the new face of TNT. I think there's a lot of mileage in that. I just don't know how you do it. I just in don't know. Sense? You there were the reports that he will get physical, but he won't really take any bumps. He'll be in tag matches and carefully designed spots. 
I just I just don't know. And Dar you know, Darby's style is unsafe to say the least. <laughs> the, you, the answer you, is the only person worst is putting him in a match with Sammy Guevara. So I just <laughs> I, I just don't know how you deliver on this, but I'm sure they've thought about it because why would you start going down this path otherwise? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they have said that Stink, um, you know, is more than capable of doing cinematic matches. And Darby has got, you know, he's got his own cinematic style. He's submitting a, his own, you know, short films every single week. Maybe they'll just do it all in black and white, but with a fire as in color or something. Uh, not to be forgotten, Team Taz then cut a promo after this, just being, you know, angry Taz. And there's Hook. Taz's son is there now, too. This is going to sound like a really dumb thing to say. So I very much appreciate that. And I know you don't tune in for, you know, you tune in for much better analysis than this. I just love that everyone's in a faction. And like, I just <laughs> love that the factions all stand there and they all cut promos. I'm like, oh, I do love it though. I agree. Uh, FTR and yet another sort of new pairing, the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. They took on FTR here and they looked really good. And what I love about this match is... The Varsity Blondes took 75% of it. They, they, you know, they, it was a Brian Pillman hot tag and then a Griff Garrison hot tag. And FDR, I guess we're kind of trying to put over that they were a little bit still mentally rubbed by uh, the, the full gear loss all those weeks ago. And then that just as I was about to go, oh, I think this is a bit of a bad look for FDR. They're not getting much in. Mm. It's like they were like, Mm, now we're entering, entering serious mode. We just haven't been, we haven't had our head in the games for the last four minutes. And they destroyed Griff Garrison with this brain buster and then a shatter machine. And then they win. And it was so businesslike. And I actually thought, whoa, this was the perfect segment. Yeah, because this is their first match since Full Gear, which, you know, it was like it was early last month. So it's been a yeah. long, long while since they've been on TV. I thought they looked really, really great. And I thought the Vasty Blondes looked really great in all of this. And yeah, and to complement the story that you were just weaving there, Cash Wheeler's promo later was, you know, him saying, I lost that match at Full Gear because I, you know, this, that and the other. And Tully's out like, no, no, no. We lost the match because I wasn't there. There were a three-man team. When one of us isn't there, the whole team isn't there. So I think there is that that was the story they were telling in this match, and I thought they told it really, really well. Yeah. Uh, some more stuff to be excited about. Hangman Page is now getting interviewed in a bar. Dear God, I love Hangman Page. I just, oh, great. I, just <laughs> I just want him all the time on TV. And AW, just give me enough. Just give me enough. And I'm like, I want more. So I'm always left wanting more, which is the perfect way to, to deal with these scenarios. And Hangman Page is at his bar. He's talking about his match with Private Party and Matt Hardy next week. And, or Private Hardy, as they should be called. And who yeah, should be? They call, they, they call themselves Hardy Party. That also works. That's good. John's M Matt Party. <laughs> Having a mad party, a party just for Matt, a mad party. Well, he's got so many personalities as well. That'd be a heck of a party. Mm. Um, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, not Matt Reynolds, who I've written down here. I've got Matt on the brain. Pop up from behind the bar, wearing cowboy hats, say, we'll be your tag partners. And Hangman Page is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not joining the Dark Order, okay, guys? And I'm like, well, we just want to help you out. They're recruitment specialists, and we're getting them in a six-man next week. I cannot wait. Them jumping up from behind the bar, and then Hangman Page saying, like, 
how long have you been there? And they just, without a moment's hesitation and no, like, just went, seven days. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. John Silver is just wonderful. And, you know, Reynolds is getting a lot out of this as well. This is a really, like, fun little storyline for Hangman Page that furthers the character that they've been telling, you know, for, since all out last year, we're still telling this Hangman Page story. And it's just great. And this is just a tiny chapter of this story. You know, there's these interactions that he got with the Dark Order, which might be one of the reasons I did not like the next match. Mm. Yeah, just to, to cap off on a point before we move on. Uh, yeah, Hangman Page's storyline throughout 2020 has been pretty serious. We've been talking about alcoholism imposter syndrome, breakdowns of friendships during a pandemic. So now is the perfect time for just a couple of months of comic relief storyline, show another side to Hangman Page's character. The viewers fall in love with him even more. So when he starts to go serious again, hopefully against Kenny, it'll, it'll, it'll mean even more. But yes, the next the next segment is... The, the, yeah, I love everyone in the Dark Order. But as I've been saying for about a month now, it's tonally incoherent and I, I think is actually veering them off what the good work they were doing with Brody Lee. I completely agree because this was Dustin Rhodes taking on 10 of the Dark Order. And it almost felt like this was further to build the 10 versus Aaron Solo stuff, which has been on Dark. Well, they had a match mm -hmm. on Dark. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, like, and then Dustin just hit a bulldog and won. I, when this match started, I was like, well, I guess this is a way to give Ten a pretty big win because he's going to pin Dustin Rhodes. That's pretty good. Then he didn't. He just, like, he just, Dustin just beat him. And then afterwards, Uno tried to, you know, try to recruit him to the Dark Order to be Seven, the character that he was briefly in WCW. And when I say briefly, it was, you know, like two weeks. And then was like, this character sucks. That um, was a good gang. I, I did pop for that. It was a good gag, but then Dustin just sort of beat them up. So you're like, but like Dustin Rhodes versus with the Dark Order, I'm less interested in hmm. than, you know, the Hangman Page story that the, the Dark Order have got going on. And it's good that you've got multiple plates spinning. I get that. You know, that's what we were just arguing earlier with Cody. But this one I'm 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 less into. Yeah, I did. I've been saying it for a while now. I I love everyone in Dark Order and I think everyone's doing really, really good stuff but it's not the best version of the dark order that they are they are making their like less than the sum of the parts that's yeah, the problem they they're really missing brody at this point yeah um but you know is that maybe that like you you've argued when i brought this up in the past you've argued that if it all does build to brody coming back super pissed off what's happened to the dark order in my absence or i saw another bit of fantasy booking where this is a way to lure hangman page into the more goofy affable version of dark order and then haha -ha, now you're with brody lee and you're already mm -hmm. too deep. that could work as well but right now when we're in the thick of it it's not that germanic moving from week to week uh speaking of not that well i guess maybe too dramatic this just seems a bit too much for me shaq has an interview with tony shivani and brandy rhodes who's got a broken arm after the beatdown last week shaq i thought came off really well here he said i i i'm with i'm with jade cargill but uh i don't agree with the way she attacked you last week and yeah then brandy threw water over him so yeah what this segment was is that brandy came into this interview ready to throw water onto Shaq's face. 
because she was annoyed about the Jade Cargill attack. And then Tony's interviewing Shaq and he's just like, hey, do you know what? I just love wrestling. You know, I just I love Cody. I think he's a wonderful guy. Love his brother. Love his dad. You know, I just think they're all wonderful people. I think all the work you're doing here in AEW is amazing. I've known Jade for many years. Jade, you know, she comes out, but I, I don't really agree with the actions that she did when she broke her arm. And Brandy was like, OK, well, you know, that was very nice. And then Shaq just says, I mean, I would take some pointers from Jade on how to fix that arm. And Brandy was like, do you know what? You absolutely <laughs> throws water on him. Yeah. I thought I thought Brandy's delivery was good. I just this didn't connect with me. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know, dude. I, I, it did did not work for me, I'm afraid. Um, after this, however, we got a re- that that was sort of the weak part of the show. I would argue you had the Dark Order match with Goldust, and then I, I don't quite know what the Brandy Road stuff is. Uh, but the Inner Circle Ultimatum segment was. Awesome. They had the ultimatum last week where they said they'll decide together if they're going to stay together. If not, they will break up forever. Uh, Santana, I believe, is off for personal reasons at the moment. That's what was reported. So they just said Santana's so pissed off he can't even be here. So at least they addressed it. But yeah, you've got the, 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 the enhanced inner circle with MJF and Wardlow out there. MJF and Sammy are the two warring parts but it was Ortiz who stepped up here and yeah. cut a great promo, a great promo, but with fantastic content that, that made me go, God damn, you're totally right. You shouldn't yeah. put this behind you, even though MJF is going to rip you apart. The line of, you know what, dude, you're growing on me like fungus, but you are growing on me. Like, that's great. Like, he's like, yeah, it's a, you are an annoying turd. But you are growing on me, and I, and I don't mind you. I thought it was really good. And then telling Sammy to shake his hands because you're better than him and you know it. It's like, you know, be the better man and shake his hand. And Sammy laid down, you know, the, an ultimatum on an ultimatum segment. If one more thing happens, he will quit the group. I think they're all going to, not now, not for a few months, but they're all going to turn on him. They're going to turn on him before Sammy decides to quit. I don't think you just get to quit the inner circle. No. Oh, no, I completely agree with you. And I agree with you as well that all the Sammy and MJF stuff was great. All of the uh, Ortiz stuff was fabulous. But my favorite thing about this was Hager and Wardlow. Because like Jericho's like, hey, cool. We're now all on the same page. And and Jacob's like, oh, no, actually, uh, I've got something to say. Why do you keep staring at me? And Wardlow's like, why do you keep staring at me? I'm not, I don't want to stare at you, but you keep staring at me. I could stop staring at you whenever I want to. And it's like, well, good, fine. And so they go and they're just looking at each other. It's just side-eyeing each other. They're still staring at each other, even though they're now no longer facing each other proper made me like gut like buster gut laughing and when when some, the voice replied to hager i was like who's that what's that <laughs> for? you never hear wardlow speak no so it was quite good I, to hear his his sort of voice that's because that woman was going to do all the speaking <laughs> for him oh god remember that <laughs> then we got the ftr promo that you've already mentioned and the six-man tag with lance archer and the family uh then we got a brief women's brawl backstage with, uh, I said it was Brandy in my review, but apparently it was Red Velvet. Jay Cargill, Nyla Rose, Vicky Guerrero, and then Serena Deeb comes in for the save. So they're sort of furthering an, an, another women's storyline, which is good, and it's all linked into whatever Brandy is doing. 
yeah, so they're setting up the Jade Cargill is called like recruiting people at the moment. And so, you know, so she's already got Rose and she's got Vicky Guerrero on her side. By the looks of things, she's also getting Diamante and Ivelisse on her side as well. So mm-hmm. they're kind of like, you know, building the storyline that, that Jade Cargill is taking over the women's division. And we need our savior, Brandy Rhodes, to, to come in and, and put things back on track. Yeah. Uh, what I'm far more into, though, is a bad. Abaddon? Abaddon. Think Abba. Abaddon. Think Abba. Think, think what I did in the news, I said it, I'm pretty sure I said it right in the news, versus Tesha Price. Um, and Abaddon is just hideous to look at. Hideous. I thought when I wrote this in my review, I was like, she is hideous to look at. I thought, no one's going to think I'm body shaming or anything, are they? Or that I'm being mean about something. No, and I thought, no, no, no. That's the point of the gimmick. Exactly. And that's what I was thinking about this when I was watching the show. Now, I was like, what I love about Abaddon is that in wrestling, if you're going to be a spooky character, it is to look cool. Like mm-hmm. the fiend is supposed to, you know, you're supposed to look and be like, oh man, he looks so cool. Like that's such a cool mask. It's such a cool, like what a cool outfit and everything. He looks really awesome. The Undertaker's like, oh man, he looks cool. Kane's like, oh man, he looks cool. Abaddon is the first horror wrestler that is designed to be like, no, I want you to be scared of me. I want to look terrible. Rosemary's like, oh man, she looks cool. But Abaddon's like, no, I don't, I don't want to look at her because she genuinely terrifies me. Because she looks like a living dead girl. She looks like a, a legit horror character and not in a cool way. It's meant to be designed, designed to scare you. And that's what's rad about it. She's not doing this for cool points. She thinks it's cool and you know, more power to her. But she's doing this because she wants to scare people and make people feel a bit uncomfortable. It is not for me. I don't like it. But I'm not, I'm not saying like that. That doesn't mean it's bad. I, I think a wrestling show should not cater for just one type of fan. And there's going to be loads of people out there who absolutely love this. Uh, just like Jeff Hardy. Loads of people love Jeff Hardy. I don't understand him. It's good that they have this. They, they've got so many tonal bits that they can shift to. But yeah, Abaddon just squash Tesha Price. But what was really good here, and this was like, this is an example of how Seth Rollins should have been booked, is Sheeta, who has been scared in recent weeks. And people said, oh, she shouldn't be scared. She's coming off bad. That's not how you book a babyface. I disagree. I think you need someone to be scared. So when they overcome their fear, it means something. So Sheeta comes down. She's got a kendo stick. She looks right at Abaddon. And she is scared, but she's like, screw it whacks her over the head with the stick anyway, saves Tesha. That's awesome babyface stuff. And awesome heel unstoppable monster stuff. Abaddon just sits up like the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was really, really cool. I completely agree with you as well about the, you know, it's overcoming that fear so that you can face up to the the, the scary monster. It's, it's, it's horror movie 101 uh, stuff, really. So yeah, <laughs> I've, I've got, it's, that's why the Goldberg thing never worked with the feint. Because Goldberg literally just walked up to the Fiend and was like, you're not scary. Mm. So, well, cool. I guess you're a badass then. Like, I'm, I'm now so much more invested in this feud. Uh, and why the Seth one was too far the other way when he was shown yeah. crying on camera. Uh, so, yeah, that was very good. Jericho cuts a promo about how MJF is definitely going to win the main event. It's so nice to see the heels together. Uh, and then we got the Kenny Omega interview, which was absolutely brilliant. The only criticism is that I saw it the previous night. Yeah. So they said on Impact that they're going to have a big announcement on Wednesday. And the big announcement was it's the same promo as last week. Yeah. 
So we could go through the cool stuff first. Are you still there? Have you frozen? Have I frozen? Yeah, I think it, I think it was me that time. So there was cool stuff to this. First off, Don Callis and Kenny Omega arrived in a freaking helicopter and walked out wearing cool 80s Vice City style suits. They looked awesome. Then Kenny Omega does his wicked entrance. He's got two more cleaners. I don't know if you noticed this. I am definitely reading far too much into this. I don't know if he's done it before. The front two girls made a broomstick archway for him and he just went open like that. He said mm. open. And I thought, is that a forbidden door? Oh, I love it. Love I that. Know, I don't know. Uh, but then he comes out, Tony Schiavone, awesomely, like that out, that moral outrage. Uh, that Tony has just been a revelation over the last few months and probably is the most important guy in AEW's front-facing team now, I think. Like he's mm. better than JR, better than... Maybe not better, better's the wrong word. He's more relatable than anyone else they've got in their front-facing talent. Uh, so what a signing. I can't believe this guy's been doing nothing in wrestling for 20 years. He puts over the moral outrage. And then, yeah, Don Callis and Kenny Omega cut the exact same promo that they did on Impact the previous night. And if you haven't seen that, that's just Don Callis explaining how he's been planning this for decades, being the invisible hand behind Kenny's career. That's the sort of catchphrase persona he's trying to get over. And then Kenny says, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, I used the microphone to cheat last week, but no one kicks out of the one-winged angel. So there's that argument too. And then he teases, you haven't seen anything yet. And then Callis says, no, don't say it. They're not ready for it. And then they leave. Yeah, so I think that was where, you know, Kenny was going to make a, a big announcement. I would wager that the big announcement is he's going to be going after the Impact World title, right? He's going to have a match with Rich Swan. I did love that moment on Impact, actually, this week, which is when uh, Rich Swan was trying to leave, and they were like, sorry, the champ has got this area blocked off. And he's like, well, no, I'm the, the champion. Mm. Like, I know it's the champion has got this blocked <laughs> off. So I think you can, like, you know, someone messaged me on Twitter yesterday saying, like, who do you think he's going to go after first? And I was like, well, surely it's Rich Swan, right? Like, Rich Swan's, you know, going to be defending the honor of Impact Wrestling. That's the next belt for, for Kenny to collect. Bloody love this idea of Kenny being the belt collector. It's like, mm -hmm. Don Callis is one story that he's desperate to get done, and Kenny's the right <laughs> guy for it. Um, It was just a shame that this was this was essentially for the people that didn't watch impact right like he on last week's episode they said hey watch impact on tuesday because we're going to tell you what's going on and then it was like well you know we could probably wait to the night everyone's going to watch impact so we'll just do the same promo again for the benefit of those that didn't watch which is fine which is totally fine the the problem is the teasing of the big announcement the huge history making announcement you just you put whatever that is at the end or you don't do that. You don't tease it in the first place. There's an argument that, hey, he's a heel. He's teasing stuff. That doesn't fly. That's that's heat towards the company and the promotional tactics rather than the champion. It's not terrible. It's not like giving the, the company AEW any criticism now. But if you do this too often, it massively backfires, as we saw with Dixie Carter and TNA. Well, as um, uh, Sandman Sizzle says here, he learned clickbait from his wrestle talk friends. Hey, you gotta hit that in terror bang there. We've we've been better. We've been better. Uh, and then that we got the New Year's Smash announcements and what's coming up next week. And then the main event was Orange Cassidy versus MJF with loads of people at ringside, the full in a circle, both best friends. 
and it was over the diamond ring after the battle royal the previous week. And it was brilliantly worked around Orange Cassidy missing a Superman punch at the start into the ring post. MJF worked over his hand. I loved this match. Absolutely. I really, really liked it. Absolutely loved this main event. And it's the sort of main event that you can like hold up when people say, like, oh, but like AEW just pushed WWE guys. You can just hold up this match and be like, look, look at this match. Like, mm. this is two guys that AEW have like spent ye- like a year or- and change trying to make into legit stars on this show. And they've given them the main event spot and they put on a great, great match. Brilliantly told story. Br- as you said, brilliantly worked as well. Thought Cassidy selling was great. You don't get to see MJF being a wrestler sometimes. And he's so good at it. And uh, some of the near falls in this at the end were absolutely brilliant. Like Mm. really, really great stuff. Could have gone either way. It was so back and forth. I absolutely loved this main event. Yeah, I, you know, Orange Cassidy is a very good wrestler. That's that's the that's the joke. (laughs) Um, Have you seen that very rare out of character interview MJF did years and years ago, where he said Orange Cassidy is one of his favorite wrestlers? Oh, really? I've never, could, I haven't seen that, no. Yeah, you've got to think, like, maybe that played into how good they wanted to make this match up here as a main event on, on TV. But yeah, I, what really struck me was just how confidently MJF moves around. And he's had it, because when we went back and watched All Out, sorry, All, all in. in, All In, it was exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It was like the pacing, the way he moves around, the stalling. Everything is so assured. It's a joy to watch wrestle. Just it's yeah. like in such capable hands as a fan. Um, but yeah, the, the finish was they did a bit of an Eddie Guerrero back and forth with the baseball bat trying to trick the referee. Big brawl outside within a circle and best friends. And Miro runs down and clobbers Cassidy, gets out of there. MJF wins, retains the diamond ring. But it's more on Miro, who was doing some full-on rage posing at the top of the ramp. And I love that they cut back to MJF, who turns, he says into the camera, I won clean. (laughs) (laughs) The guy is amazing. But yeah, Yeah. Miro, uh, sort of a nice, decent showcase for him. Probably Mm. the most focus he's had on him in terms of like AEW prominence since he joined. Yeah, no, I'd agree. And I, I think that was, you know, by design. I, mm. I've, I really enjoyed the, the finish to this and, you know, Miro standing tall at the end. But kind of like what we said earlier, I'm kind of, I'm ready for them to finish this feud with best friends now and, you know, move on to whatever it is that's next. But I think we're ready to get there. Yeah. Overall, I gave it a 2.5 out of 4 because mm. we've got a new rating system out of 4, which makes it very difficult to rate a show like this without it sounding like you're crapping on it. It's a three out of five show. Mm-hmm. But I gave it 2.5 yeah. because it was out of four. I, I mean, I would have given this a, a a two out of four personally, because you know what that is? That is just a solid episode of the show. And, it was, mm. and, that, and that's what this was. It was a solid, solid episode of Impact. You know, yeah. really, really enjoyed that. Well, let's get uh, on with that. Got, well, we've got the poll first. Let me just get it. Let's see what you guys Let's see what you guys thought. It's coming up. Here it comes. Boom. Uh, 46.8% oh, wow. thought the show was good, with 38% thinking it was excellent. So actually only 8.8% of you all <laughs> are in the same viewpoint as me and Mr. Davis. No, no, I, you round mine up. It's good. I'm the majority. <laughs> uh, yeah, go over and follow us at WrestleTalk underscore TV uh, to take 
part of those goals in the future. And we will get to every single one of your Ultra Chats. But first, we've got to say a very big thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon. My Immortal is my favourite song, Mashy. Woo! Hey! Nice. 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 The man who wears the gold, the man recognised by Swaf Na- Nation International as the 24-7 champion, ah, legend. You poor bugger, that's yeah. not a belt that you want. Dot, 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 dive, Dylan Cachetta. Still great. Pick him up. Loot sponge. Woo! The vision. Adonis. Oh, what a vision he is. Thank you very much for the email that you sent us recently. Uh, the notorious Aliata. Thank you. The good bad guy, Bryant Heath. Oh, the Shrock Master, Austin Shrock. Yes. Michael Jensen Radio. Cheap pop. Cheap pop for you. The real boss, Matt Robinson. Thank you. Black and Decker Dane. Hope you're getting a Black and Decker for Christmas, mate. And lastly for this round, Probocop. Woo! Thank you very much. Go over to Patreon, everyone. Become a Wrestle Talk Patreon because you get loads of exclusive content. Like mm-hmm. our Wrestle Talk Extra podcast review, where we're going to be reviewing Armageddon 2000. Is that right? Vengeance 2000. Vengeance 2001. We're going to be recording yeah. that next week. It follows on from the previous episode that we did. We've never done that before. Amazing. Right, let's get into these ultra chats. First up from Mike Jensen. Hello, gents. I can see how going through a table would aggravate an injury. I once threw my back out, tie my shoe. Hope you guys are well. Oof. Now you don't want to do that now, do you? Matthew Robinson. I feel like I'm scared for Ray Phoenix every week now. Huge bumpy took jumping to the outside, hitting hitting the back of his head. He needs to save that for pay-per-view. I I mean, I, I, I think that's sort of picking things out. Like Phoenix does, you know, 20,000 dives per match and lands 19,999 of them. It'll be the suplex he takes. The, the yeah, exactly. Of, that's usually the yeah. way it works. Uh, but but I, I do agree, though. He is getting a lot of knocks recently. You know, over the last six weeks, he, he's picked up quite a few injuries. He's Matthew, too quick to catch. Matthew Robinson again. Sting's intro music is amazing. Yes, it is. And gets me going like a major event, just like John Moxley's music. Uh, what do you think, Luke, since you get hyped when John's music comes on? I was actually going to make this point during the review, Matthew. Thank you for bringing it up. Uh, Yeah, that music. I've listened to it a couple of times now on YouTube, and it is wicked music. Like, it's so, so cool. AEW have definitely found their groove now with entrance Mm. music. Uh, Matthew Robinson again. Thank you very much. Sting tells Cody, see you later, kid. Perfection. Also loved how he said, I'm not here for you. I hope this is the start of a great tenure of Sting with AEW. Luca, Mr. Davis, what did you think of Sting's comments? Well, I mean, we've, we're sort of a bit divided on this a little bit because Davis thinks that he's turning heel. <laughs> I don't know, but he definitely is going to be around for a long time. We know that. So he's got time to do both. Maybe he'll start off as a heel. Mm. Uh, I'll hot tag in. Uh, on the subject of Abaddon, Dr. Doom said, I get so happy when Abaddon is on screen. I always find myself, I find myself always poppy when I see her crawl down the ramp. I love everything about her. I cannot get enough. 
see what I mean? There's freaks out there who like looking at this stuff. It's disgusting. Uh, Anonymous says, great match for Abaddon. And I love seeing Tesha Price on Dynamite. Soon everything will be fake or Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. He said he's not going to come for anything. He said that last week. Uh, Peter Mullins, it's all good, Ollie. Abaddon is actually quite beautiful without the makeup on. She's trying to be hideous. I think it's the blood. Title of your... Nope. <laughs> uh, Chaotic Punk says, Sid Sammy seems to be on his way out of the inner circle. What would you like to see him do next? Or do you think MJF will end up leaving the group instead? I think everything will sort of combust around the same month or two period. Uh, but yeah, Sammy on the outside, feuding with MJF or Chris Jericho. Probably MJF first and then Chris Jericho. But maybe it, Chris yeah. Jericho realizes he, he was in the wrong through that feud and they become a tag team i don't know i'm spitballing i was gonna say like i think in years to come we'll see the the re the, the reuniting of la sex gods uh, mm. for like a, a special pay-per-view attraction uh the zornies i'm still waiting for something with brandy to be good uh with the exception of shot of brandy she seems to be a nice person that seems to be way in over her head with anything wrestling related what do you make of jericho's pain maker merch aew to new japan confirmed well i haven't seen the pain maker merch have you it's what they're wearing at the moment like that's his new uh line of clothing that he's got Okay. It looks I like did. it looks like ev- it looks like every Jericho T-shirt that's ever yeah. been released. I didn't know it was a new one. Uh, with Brandy, yeah, we know she's great. It's just these characters that she's doing don't seem. I don't look. She'd be great as just a straight up, Matt, like semi-authority figure. I, I I don't. Nothing she's done in a kind of character storyline way has has worked as naturally as other people on the roster. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's always seems to be there's always something missing isn't there like it's with the nightmare fam like whatever the nightmare collective or whatever it was it didn't work and then she was in the the, the tag team thing that she was doing uh through the tournament that sort of didn't work she was like oh i've got my action figure i'm a heel and then she's like oh but also i'm sort of a baby face at the same time like it's just it's never clicked and i, and I don't know what the answer is but yeah Matthew Robinson, um, what promo do you think stole the show? I thought it was Ortiz who stepped into the inner circle uh, mess. Uh, uh, Sammy to shake his hands because you're the better man and you know it's simply priceless. And Ortiz of all people loved it. I'd agree. I'd agree. I, I loved MJF's promo, uh, backstage promo on Orange Cassidy as well. But yeah, Ortiz, I love, I love the guy. I love Santana and Ortiz. I want them to be far more focused on in AEW. Uh, same here um if it's not if i'm not gonna pick sting i'm gonna pick taz because i just love watching taz cut promos every single week uh christopher jazz cat was a good solid show hopefully uh, it's nothing too serious with penta i popped for the seven gag uh, mm-hmm. so, subtle enough not to be too insider and the recruitment specialists actually have uh, having some luck great to see a th2 get showcased a bit give me marco stunt versus shack <laughs> you better believe wwe would have booked that by now but yes i do want to see that yeah, uh, and I agree with the the seven gag as well. Like it was, it it's it's you know it wasn't to be like, hey, this is only funny if you know the history. Uh, Dorian McCann, happy holidays, gents. I saw Colt Cabana on the ramp during the Dark Order segment last night. Colt seems lost on the roster with a bounty of talent. What direction do AEW take him? He seems to just be wasted at the moment. He's a big presence on Dark. He's in the Dark Order. I think that is a nice building storyline in the background. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the true value in Colt now is, is, is that sort of solid mid to lower mid carder. 
and get him get him as a trainer somewhere get him to focus on the social media side of AEW. like use him in the office colt colt is a genius like when it outside, yeah, even outside of wrestling uh, Matthew Robinson, I know I'll be in the minority, but Kenny's promo on AEW tonight was okay. His catchphrase is okay. I think other people are not blown away by that. I love the idea of him collecting all the titles, but the rest of his heel, the rest of his heel character needs work. <laughs> I, are you sure you're not Christopher Jazzcat? <laughs> it's usually Jazzcat's hot unpopular take. I, you know, I, I think his heel character is very, very good. I think his delivery is absolutely captivating. I think his look is tremendous. He's uh, a star. Uh, yeah, and, and it's like, it's it's not like this is new either. We've seen this work phenomenally well in New Japan because it's the same character as he had there. Will he will he build on it? Will he add to it? I don't know. He's got Don Callis. I guess that's a new dynamic. It's kind of CM Punk as a heel and then CM Punk as a heel with Paul Heyman was somehow better. So I'm hoping it's going to be the same as this. It seems like it is now. Callis and Omega are very good together. Uh, but no, I, I disagree. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with that as well, I'm afraid. Uh, Magnus, weird to see Kenny coming out of the heel entrance ramp. Uh, yeah, we didn't mention that during mm. the review, but he came out the other side. I was actually like looking for the thing, like where the, like, the piece of paper was. Uh, but Kenny, as a collector of the championship, Thanos kind of character is so intriguing. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I loved your little fantasy booking thing you did uh, yesterday with going after Kota. Oh. Uh, Mike Montiel, hear me out. What if Kenny wins all the world titles, then Hangman earns an AEW title match and defeats gold-crazed Omega and restores peace to the wrestling world? It would make him a megastar, especially if he kicks out of the one-winged angel. Well, this is it now. Like I always thought Omega's going to be the one who kicks out of the one-winged angel until you said Kota, you know, going after Ibushi mm. in the end. And I was like, that's always been the guy, hasn't it? It's always been the guy that you've said that's who should be the one to kick out the one-winged angel. Yeah, it's just it's just who what master does he serve? Does he serve Kenny, who wants to tell Kenny's career long storyline with Kota, or does he serve AEW the company, which doesn't have any stock in Kota Ibushi? He belongs to someone else. He's New Japan's toy, whereas Hangman Page kicking out of the one-winged angel would mean so much more to that promotion. So, like, as as a selfish cynic, I'd give it to Page. I think you can do mm -hmm. the Kota match. That will be enough on its own without giving away the one-winged angel spot. And then you leave enough in the tank for Page later. But there's one title Kenny Omega doesn't have. Let's just remember <laughs> that. Uh, the Zornice. Uh, guys, get it together. The poll says poor for two out of four. You said it's a solid episode. Good TV. Bring on a graphic on screen where it says two is poor. Make three out of four the average good stuff if you don't want to say it was good. Sorry for the rant. Zornice, let me, like, I'm just going to put this out there. It honestly doesn't matter. It's an <laughs> arbitrary numbering system. It's also, yeah, we're just kind of hampered by, because what, what happens when there's a terrible episode and a poor episode? Yeah. Where, if, if two is then good, you know, it's just, you can't really do it. I don't know why Twitter limits it at four options. Because they're not doing out of five markings for TV shows. <laughs> Christopher Chaska. I noticed the caliber say the Bucks were being good brothers. Perhaps mm. we will finally see the story uh, they were going to do on the first Dynamite. Also, Zack Sabre Jr. is my favorite active wrestler. He is the best. Suzuki Goon Ichiban. Bloody loves Zack. He's such a wonderful guy. What does he do when he sees me at shows, Luke? He hugs you and calls you he darling. Hugs me. <laughs> I'm always scared though that it's it's a, a starting position for a <laughs> 
Uh, but yes, uh, that's the reported plan. Good Brothers versus Young Bucks. Can't wait. Mm -hmm. uh, hot tag to you, my friend. Uh, this is from last week. Plot Twist Jones. Sorry, we missed it last week. Did you see Miro's video on YouTube calling Omega a bitch? LOL. Mm. Well, that means you know the feud is serious. Mm. Uh, I, I didn't see it, but I read about it. So maybe Miro shoots on a lot of people, though. I think that's all in character. Peter, oh, not, not the belts of stuff, though. That's quite extreme. Peter Mullins. Loving the three post-Christmas super shows, but how will WWE counter-program? Triple H. Vince, they've brought out mainstream stars to be on AEW. What can we do? Vince, don't worry. I know what the kids love. Pitbull enters the room. Mr. Worldwide. Well, Pitbull's a star, right? I mean, that's pretty good counter-programming. Yeah. Especially if I'd love to see him in a match and get the crap beaten out of him. Uh, kayfabe, of course. Charles Berg. I actually like the idea that Omega and Don promised a big announcement and never made one. Maybe it's a reach, but I like the idea that Don and Kenny believe anything Kenny Omega says is big news. And it just creates a larger rift between him and the fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Charles, to a degree, I, I do agree with you. But I think you can, <laughs> there's only so far you can push that 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 narrative. Do you know what I mean? Like, because like you could, I, I love that as a character as well, but that is not how the fans are going to take that. They're just going to take that as like, you're being Dixie Carter now. Yeah. And that, that sort of angle worked great for Jericho when he made that return and he, you know, he just, he just smiled at everyone, never did that welcome. I'm back promo for weeks, but this, they're not doing it that way. It, it's not that overt. It's just, if that's what they're trying to do, I think they're doing it wrong. Jesse Venable. Yes, please. Let's get Randy in the chats. What is the best story in wrestling right now between these? Head of the table, the cleaner collector, Sting Darby. I personally find the third Uso heel Roman one of the best storylines in wrestling for a while. Perhaps this is going to reflect on my AEW bias, but I'm going with the, the, the cleaner. I know with the Kenny stuff. That's the stuff. That's the story I'm most interested in. The mo I'm most invested in the moment. Not to take anything away from Roman and Jay, because I think that is wonderful television. It's making it's the easily the best thing in WWE. But I'm so into the Kenny stuff at the moment. Because the cleaner is so far at the start of this bit of the storyline, I'm actually going to go with the head of the table. Mm. Because there's so much potential for the cleaner, but they haven't actually done any of that yet. So no. I'll see where it goes. Uh, Colostopia, Hangman and Dark Order to win Trio's championships to keep, to keep a little bit longer away from Kenny. Yeah, I like that idea. And Cody to turn heel against his hero, Sting. It's kind of what I was sort of pitching earlier, in a way, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I hacks the AEW ramp must be gimmicked, right? I mean, there must be at least like a mat on the floor. Yeah, it's, it's the hardest part of the ramp. Christopher Jazzcat, here we go. That definitely was not me. <laughs> I love Kenny Omega's heel work. The addition of Don Callis is awesome. I think Omega has a lot of range as a heel. Well, it's good to know, Jazzcat, that you're not full of terrible opinions. <laughs> Feels weird agreeing with Jazzcat. Chris Petro! <laughs> Kenny arriving in a helicopter was another Lex Luger reference. Oh, was it? That he kept referencing the night before on Impact. Funny little reference there. Also, those Michael Jordan, North Carolina references are becoming funnier as the weeks go by. Because he flew over. <laughs> North Carolina! <laughs> I kept on calling the, uh, the trailer they were in an Impact, the Lex Express, which was very mm. funny. Do you want to sit? Do you want to take uh, yeah. Indeed. Bacon Rasher says, Hey lads, uh, sorry to say, but I think NXT was better this week, although AEW was decent. Love seeing an AEW. Uh, but with that, Shaq uh, does have a slight WWE twang to it. Main roster WWE can learn a lot. If not from AEW, then from their own show, NXT, jam that flan. 
yeah, I haven't watched NXT yet, but you know, it's the the show after War Games, which was great. So it could have been better. Yeah. You'd hope it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, small Afro Games. Hey, hello, Jaron. Uh, love you guys. Been a weird uh, few months getting over my breakup. I appreciate you guys being the cool people you are. Stay in there. Hang in there, buddy. Um, Alois Debussy. Sorry if I've said that completely wrong. Uh, thanks for all you guys do. I've been separated from my fiance since February because oh. I came back to the UK to visit family and got stuck. Oh, that must suck. Uh, you guys have done a lot. Uh, have not only helped me falling in love with wrestling again at the age of 36 and got me through a tough year. Jam that jam. So sorry to hear that. Hopefully you get to see each other for Christmas. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And lastly, from Carol. Hey, Carol. Uh, hi, Luke and Ollie. For once, AW wasn't my top show this week. I'm just missing Moxley. You take him off TV for a week and you do miss him. Um, take a minute to plug Adam's new book. I've ordered my copy. You should too. Look him up on LULU and let him get his sales. Ollie, congrats on winning calling spots. Hashtag yes, please. I won that and I won this too. Yeah, go over and check out Adam Blompier's Twitter. He's got a book out, folks. He's written a fiction book. I was talking to him. Maybe we'll, we'll have him on the show so he can plug it uh, in a couple of weeks' time. It's a great, great Christmas gift. A horror comedy short story collection. Isn't it just? Yeah, I was actually, I was a bit sad for, for Adam the other day because he put up a poll on Twitter that was just like, if I was to release a book that's not wrestling related, would you be interested? And like 40% said no. And I'm like, oh guys, come on, like support the man. Like he's, this is, look, we can't just talk about wrestling all the time. I think, I think that's honest feedback. I think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not under any pretensions my book is ever going to appeal to more than four people who watch this channel. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, look at my book sales. Like, <laughs> I can tell you that for free. Have you got your rankings? I do. I've got it open. League of Lockdown. Uh, well, this one comes in from Eli. It says, I wanted to chime in on the lockdown competition. Uh, I mean, check in. Hmm. Uh, so at first I thought I was uh, so at first I was put out of work for a bit and got some money to hold me over until we came back. Then when we returned, I got a promotion and even moved to a new location to start a project for COVID test manufacturing. You're welcome. Ooh. At home, my partner and I have been doing well and communicating better than uh, before, despite the depression being real. However, we've been able to save and even got an improved uh, sorry, we've been able to save and got approved for a loan on a house. I've been starting to see a counselor just before. Before the pandemic and admitted to her in the beginning that i felt guilty for doing so well she gave me some advice you can take and leave whatever you want from this whole thing which is uh which i think is great for everyone struggling thank you in advance can't wait to hear where i rank that's from eli that was was that some sage wisdom from a a mortgage broker uh no that's from a counselor <clears throat> oh okay sorry i got i i just thought it was someone helping them with the, the loan application yeah. for the house can you imagine that that's such a poorly written Nicholas Sparks movie. <laughs> okay, so Eli, there's a lot of good stuff there, but it has become very competitive when everyone realized they were being ranked. <laughs> so <laughs> let's see where you rank. I'm hesitant to put you above Will because he had a baby. So I'm going to put you beneath Will above Finn because Finn uh, has, has improved their mental health and got a new job. But Eli, you know, promotion, 
new job, better communication with wife and savings. That's a lot of individual tick boxes checked. So, Eli, one, two, three, four. You're currently fifth. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty all right. Well, the headmaster, Jonathan Hedman. That's getting in his two cents. A good appropriate time of day, Mr. Davis and Luke Warm. Luke Owen, how are you? I'm writing to you because of your awesomeness and to tell my story. Last September, I lost my job and apartment. And over the course of the previous three years that I gained over 200 pounds because of depression. In November last year, I went to live with family for what was supposed to be a month and it eventually turned into seven. During this time, I've been able to get some freelance work here and there. Thank you. I have an affordable room to rent as I'm... Uh, uh, I have an afford affordable room to rent as I've written in uh, my rest talk get better and I've dropped over a hundred pounds and still dropping with diet and exercise and honestly COVID lockdown has helped me get uh, not only physically healthier, healthier but also mentally healthier where I probably wouldn't have been if it wasn't for COVID thanks for all that you do I uh, can't wait to see where I land in this journey jam that jam so we've got a lot of weight loss there that's like a third of Hedman no longer exists. It's been burnt off in warmth and extra. I don't know what happens to weight. Where does it go? Does weight does weight sweat off you, or does it come out your butt? I mean, I uh, I have lost weight in the past, but uh, I don't know because I think I feel like mine's still like hanging around my gut a little bit. Just, it, just there's just less of it. But I don't know where mm. weight goes. Just like everyone's weight in general, is mm. is it like there's the bulk? Is it lost through excretion? But that's what. But that's what I mean. It's like I don't know. I I don't no. have enough experience in this, and I'm certainly not. I'm not going to pretend to be a health professional either that can tell you where it goes. Poop. I am. I'm just going to say it poops out. I'm just going to yeah, say poop. you poop out all of your weight. I'm pretty poop. sure that that's how right. It yeah. Works. yeah. Poop off all the fat. That's 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 what uh, Joe Wicks promotes. He's just telling all the kids, "Hey, let's do our exercise every morning." Now let's all kind of have a big poop. <laughs> Keeping the nation's kids fit under the healthy weight. So, Hedman, you've dropped you've dropped weight. Physically happier, mentally happier. Got some freelance work. Where does that put you? It's difficult because you know I would say these these achievements are more health focused, whereas Eli's stuff that we just heard was more sort of uh, savings, financially focused, both kind of equal weights of one's life. So I'm going to put you tied with Eli. Mm. I'm sitting on the fence a bit now. You are a little bit, aren't you? You're too afraid to rank people in your own ranking device. People are going to start shouting at me. Where did the voting function go on this video? <laughs> um, we have got an update from Ethan, by the way. Okay. Security Who's guard our... Ethan. Secure Guardian, who just says, uh, morning again, lads. A man never kisses and tells. The answer is <laughs> the answer is no, however. It would be poor professional behavior, and I enjoy my job with as little human contact as possible. <laughs> Only twice have I come into contact with people isolating or going into isolation with no contamination to myself or my family. As always, love the show. Regards, Ethan. So does that change his place on, in the rankings with some clarification that he is not? Um, got did it? Not, mm. He has not done it all for the nookie. Come so on, the nookie. Ethan, come on, so you can take the cookie. Ethan was our first entry into the league of lockdown, I believe. Mm -hmm. 
Now, all I've got down here is security guard Australia potentially slept his way around uh, Melbourne or whatever. And everyone beneath him is joint last. I'm talking Mary, Reese, and Adil, who just had normal lockdowns. The fact that Ethan did not sleep with anyone, he's going down to the bottom. Oh! Even though he's done good. <laughs> but everyone, the, the people who were below him have also done good. They've just had a normal lockdown. Mm. Wow. Controversial as always. Nearly said that word right. That's all we've got time for for this edition of the show. Hey, next week, you better enjoy it. It's going to be the last week of the year that Ollie and I are going to be doing these podcasts together. So that's uh, Raw and AEW. So do enjoy them. Also, make sure you get in your messages. Support at WrestleTalk.com. We're recording our Christmas special on Monday. Get your Thank messages God. in now if you want them to be heard on what will be the worst podcaster. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.